this is good chicken, did you use rosemary? No, basil. I think it might rain tomorrow. I mean, I think I saw that. You said basil? I think I taste that basil now. Hmm? Mm. Oh, you're tasting rosemary in the potatoes. There's a little rosemary in the potatoes. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. I've got big news, team. I got you a podcast. The Mike Tyson Mystery Team Podcast. Why? Because you guys are so good together. Your rapport, your banter. You guys got that great chemistry. I want to leverage that to raise your profile. Get that sponsorship money. What would we talk about? What were you talking about before I came in? Young was talking about how the decline of manufacturing jobs is really the result of the increase in productivity in manufacturing. No, I wasn't. I said it might rain. Well, somebody said it. Oh, wait, it was this podcast I was listening to. I got us a 10 p.m. slot at a recording studio over on Tropicana, over by the hospital. We'll record a podcast and submit to, you know, all the major streaming platforms and start watching that money roll in. 10 p.m.? As in tonight? Oh, yeah, the only other spot was 11.50 a.m. tomorrow morning, and Mike's not a morning guy. Thanks, Dee. You do not want to podcast with me at that early hour. To the mystery mobile. Okay, guys, we're rolling. So you can go ahead whenever you're ready. Do you guys need a topic? A springboard? Yeah, that's a good one. What's a good one? Springboards, like diving boards. I could talk about them all night long. I think they suck in the discussion. Abs in a six-pack. Abs in a six-pack. Hello, Abs in a six-pack. Abs in a six-pack is not the greatest podcast in the world. I know Abs in a six-pack is a bad show, but what else do you have going on? <laughs> it's January 8th. Or February 8th, 2024. I'm here joined by the Odd Man for the Odd Man Out podcast. And this is a new live son of a bitch. You know, the market for crystal meth fell off a cliff, or I just bought a bag of rat poison. This is a new live son of a bitch. Ladies and gentlemen, whoa! I like women with big, giant dicks and big asses. That's like his opinion, man. Open up your eyes, man. I'm smoking weed, drinking vodka. The crystal meth medical card. Yeah, I'm doctor prescribed. I'm doctor prescribed. How's it going? How's it going, man? I was, I actually, I've been inspired. I'm sorry, sorry to cut you off. When I write immediately ask you a question and cut you off, but I'm being inspired by Mike Tyson mysteries. And I liked how he was moving the water bottle on his podcast. So I'm going to chew gum for this whole podcast. What do you think? <laughs> I think it works, man. Yeah. No, I'm yeah, not I that. watched, uh, <laughs> how's it going? Oh, doing good, man. Yeah. I, I just watched an old pod or actually a video kind of from uh, Tyson and he interviewed Ric Flair and, uh, yeah. Rick kind of like, He's so old now, you know, he, he kind of, um, not stutters, but he kind of slurs his speech mm-hmm. and he was just starting to do that. This was probably like three years ago. So you had Mike and Rick and it, <laughs> it was very interesting. I mean, their conversation was awesome, but it was rough to listen to. 
Yeah, it's like, it's, it's, can I turn on subtitles for this? Was this in Japanese? Yeah, I get you. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, Ric Flair famously had that, uh, he was on Kill Tony. Um, yeah. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, who are these podcasts did, covered? Yeah, yeah and it, he just didn't understand what the show was, I guess. And so he was right. very offended on behalf of the people being made fun of. And so he left. <laughs> oh, man, I know. It's like, dude. Weird. Yeah, yeah. He used to be so cool too. He just he's just too old to understand some of the some of the things going on now. Or too high. Doesn't he have it, him and Mike Tyson and all those guys have freaking edible companies now? Oh yeah. He means right. yeah, right. drink his soda. This soda's got it's it's got five thousand milligrams of THC in it. It's eight ounces. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for coming on, man. I've been listening to your show. Like I think I listened to it a while back. I've like there's just too many shows for me to keep up with. I can't even keep up with my own, but I've, I know I listened to it a while back a couple different times. And um, then recently I listened to the, um, you're going in on, what, what is it exactly? You're, you kind of have a, you have a series you're working on right now about Freemasons tied in with uh, Judaic Freemasonry. I'm still. Yeah, basically um, it's kind of a series just on Freemasonry, but the last couple of shows have been on the Kabbalah connection and um, right. yeah, it's, yeah, you just, uh, you know, the more I look into it, it's like, well, that's the basis of Freemasonry for the most part. So I feel like a lot of people, you know, leave that out. They might mention it, but it's really a big part of it. Yeah, let me, I guess, back up for a second because you're, so what's your take on Freemasonry as far as, like, we're both uh, tinfoil hat wearing guys, I'd say. Like, there's... Uh, for example, Fish uh, John from Fish Tank season one, I just had him on, uh, I guess, a month or so ago, and he is convinced that the Freemasons run the Illuminati. They are wholly bad, or at least on the high levels. They run uh, the Jesuits, the Illuminati, the government, essentially, all that. Um, where, where do you place on the power structure as well as the um, benevolent or malevolent meter? Where do you place Freemasons at? That's a good question, man. I, you know, when I first got into uh, you know doing podcasts, I did some early shows on Freemasonry. And there's a couple that I wish I could just erase. In fact, I probably should. But uh, you know, I had all these ideas, and eventually, as I did my show more, I came back to it, and I kind of my show first kind of started off as just doing like kind of exposing kind of cookie cutter information about secret societies and different things like that. And then as I got into it more, I'm like, you know what? The more I get into this stuff, I'm seeing that there's kind of like just this surface level stuff and half this stuff's not even true. So I want to see what I can find out. So my show's kind of turned into, let's see what we can prove and what we can't, you know? And I would say that definitely in the past, Freemasonry's played a huge part in governments and even in business. Uh, yeah, we I can see it with the structural layout of D.C., for example. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that it's probably not as big as it used to be. But I think that um, – I kind of think NGOs have kind of taken the place of Freemasonry in, in a way because I feel like Freemasonry is kind of that bridge between the public and private sector back in the day. You know, it allowed people to make deals kind of behind the scenes because they were Masons. You know, they knew how to communicate in secret and those kinds of things. But I feel like uh, with a lot of the NGOs, that's kind of that public-private partnership there. And also, I feel like a lot of the stuff that they taught and, and still teach, the esoteric stuff, has become mainstream thanks to pop culture. So I think a lot of that stuff, they're, 
you know, there's no need. It's it's already out there for the most part. Right. So do you, but a lot of, so on one level, masonry is the Freemason clubs. It's a drinking club for guys to get away from their wives and kids for you know a couple of days. Like some of those, lo- we have lodges all over around here. I think on the small levels, yeah, there's not big decisions being made or babies being sacrificed or anything crazy. But there was, um, like I know, I'd say like 20, 30% of my friend's dads were all in lodges. You know, mm-hmm. it's, um, but it's, it seems like they might have, just to backtrack a second, they, they might have, uh, their own version of history or their own like uh, secret, like, especially at the higher levels, maybe secret uh, blueprints, secret uh, manuscripts of w- what their alternative version of history was. There's this guy, God, I wish I could remember his name. Moody, I think is his first name, but he's on OBDM sometimes. And he had a whole presentation he did on the World's Fair about how that was kind of a global thing that was done uh, in part by the Freemasons to have a unified version of history that was passed down and to this gets into the mud floods and all that stuff. But with masonry, a lot of it has to do with uh, architecture, obviously masons. So uh, I don't even know where I was going with that, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's really interesting. You know, there's so many, uh, you know, like I looked into it. I mean, you're totally right. I think that there are, there's levels within levels. And I think that, uh, Manly P. Hall might even talk about that. He, he may word it a little bit differently, but I've, I've been able to find some of these that you don't ever hear about. Like, of course, uh, the Royal Arch is, is a degree that's uh, it's been around for a long time, and it's kind of like a, a connection to the Blue Lodge. I guess maybe it came out a little bit before uh, Scottish Rite. And so uh, you got, uh, of course, the Knights Templars, which I don't know a lot about the, the modern Templars and how their degrees work and all that stuff. Uh, there's, of course, the Shriners, which is, you know, back in the day you had to be a uh, 33rd or 32nd degree Mason to be able to join the Shriners. But now I think they take Master Masons because I'm sure that, you know, since the numbers have slacked off, they need as many people as they can to pay the dues. But uh, like, there's all these. The Shriners are the guys that drive the tiny little cars with the red fez hats, right? They in the everybody's local Christmas parade, they drive the figure eight cars. I thought that was their whole job. They do more than that. Well, they've already been through the the levels of masonry, and so they're kind of like they're known because a lot of those guys have quite a bit of money, and the Shriners are kind of known as the playboys, you know, of the uh, of the of masonry. So you go through all the way to the high ranks of masonry, and the payoff at the end is you get to wear a weird hat and drive a hot wheel, a tiny little Hot Wheels car around for Christmas. (laughs) Yes, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, and we got um, one of the temples, the Shriner temples here in uh, in my town, and it's like up on the hill, looking over the whole city. So um, you know they've they've been pr- a pretty big deal here, and they you know they, of course they have the I guess they still have those circuses. I don't know, I haven't seen any in a while, but I think they still do that. Yeah, I just remember being a kid and uh, Santa's throwing all the candy out on the parade, and then the Shriners come on by, and they they to their credit they have a really they have that pattern down of driving in a figure eight all the way down the road. <laughs> right. Do it, so. Yeah. I, I've heard weird people say stuff about Shriners though. I've heard a lot of, and I have not verified any of this. I've just, it's just things I hear people tell me is there's a lot of weird kid stuff with the Shriners. Uh, 
but I don't know how much that's true. I've it just it it's just like yeah, things you hear from people that go, oh yeah, like oh, that happens over there. And it's like lo- it's kind of yeah. local localized uh, to my neck of the woods here in Tennessee is what I've heard. But I don't know. What have you heard about them? Uh, well, you know, they have the hospitals, you know, the the Shriners hospitals, and they used to be free. You could go there for free. And I, one of my best friends, his uh, niece was hit by some fireworks like on 4th of July one time, and she was pretty small. And uh, she had some bad burns. I think it was Roman candles. And, uh, you know, they flew her out to the, one of their hospitals, and all her medical care was for free and stuff like that. Pretty awesome. And I don't think it's like that anymore. But I, I know a few years ago there was an author by the name of Sandy Frost or Sandra Frost, and she did all these exposés on them and wrote some books about them and stuff like that. And she exposed the fact that, like, they, you know, they raise all this money, they say, is for the hospitals, but just a small percentage was going to the hospitals. And they actually had orders within the Shriners. There's one called the Royal Order of Jesters. They've actually been in trouble for going in other countries and getting underage prostitutes. So they've actually been busted oh. on <laughs> doing things like that. So it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm trying. I could be mistaken. Hope this bit might not even work. But I would think for our 200th episode, our prank call rewind episode, we started off. John Breaks Spez News started the episode off with a call to a Shriners hospital. Would you like to hear that call? Yes. Yes, I would. Hello, thank you for calling Shriners Children's How may I direct your call? Hi, um, my name, uh, I, don't, I, I was lo- trying to find some information out. Um, my name is Billy Boblax, um, and I work for the Clinton Foundation. I work uh, as a secretary to uh, Madam President Hillary Clinton, and I was wondering if there was a way to get in contact with somebody there for orders of walnut sauce. Um, gosh, I don't know who that would be. Um, um, is it like a certain department or person? Uh, yeah, is there like, um, somebody there that handles like the, um, like the terrorizing children board? Um, we don't have a terrorizing the, children board or walnut sauce, and so we can't do walnuts probably because the children have allergies, some of them. Okay, well, what about the adrenochrome? Do you guys have any any of that I laying around? I have no Couple? idea. Um, so, you, so you guys don't terrorize the children to extract the adrenoc- adrenochrome? No, no, we're an orthopedic um, hospital. Oh, uh, do you have like a cancer ward? No, we do not. Okay, uh, and are the are there any unclaimed children there? No, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to have to end this all, call. So, Thank you. So all the children are claimed. All right, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, that, and I don't think we intended that to. I think we just looked up a children's hospital and it just happened to be a Shriner one, but um. That like props to that lady. She played along as about as long as she possibly could have. Oh yeah, for sure. She was great. <laughs> we I think they have allergies, so we couldn't do walnut sauce. I was like, what the? <laughs> uh, you ever fuck around like right I, there? I, I I don't know. I don't want to assume your age, but um, do you you're you are you too old to fuck around with prank calls? Do you play on the phone? 
Um, no, I haven't in a long time. I'm 48, so. Yeah. But uh, I would, I would do it. I used to do it all the time. So. Yeah. No, if you ever want to do a prank call show, I haven't done one in a while. I mean, I don't know. oh, that's fun. Yeah. yeah I sometimes. Well, you know what? Maybe, maybe we'll get frosty one in an episode on a call. I don't know. If something, if something falls in my lap that's topical. Why not? But yeah, man. Yeah, so I, I, and I have to say, your, uh, your show is. I tell this to everybody that does a solo podcast, but I just have so much respect for it. I think I've done. This is episode 226. I think I have done three solo shows and only two of those I even posted. It's hard, man. I like props. Oh, thank you. I, I probably bore the crap out of people, to be honest. <laughs> I feel like I do, but <laughs> it was just so hard, man, for me to find someone who's into the same stuff as me. And, and you know, I can only do it at certain times. So, you know, there's that. And so I just started – like I did 30, maybe 30 or 35 episodes before I ever had a guest on and, and I have guests on every now and then, but yeah, it's mostly just me. Yeah. That's, I, I have a lot of you like the Larry blood or that Larry show. Uh, there's a lot of those guys that do the solo shows and uh, man, it's like just props, props to you, dude. I've tried, I've tried it. It's hard, but um uh, do you? I, I'm assuming you ha- you have to at least edit that a little bit afterwards, or do you just roll it in straight? Oh no, I I edit quite a bit because okay, yeah. I, I, you, I actually I don't see how you could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah because I'll I'll re- I read a lot from books and different things like that, and so uh, you know, and I, I, a lot of times I'm like actually researching the subject as I go, so I'll record like part of it, then go back a couple nights later and record more, you know, so I record okay, it in yeah. sections a lot of times. No, it's cool. You're um, this is a goofy show. You do actual show where people learn things. Once in a while, I'll, <laughs> <laughs> once in a while, I'll uh, we're educational on here, but uh, I like that fun too, though, man. Yeah, I've been drinking beer, 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 beer. You drinking anything tonight? No, man. I haven't had anything in a couple of weeks. Uh, I love the porters and stouts, uh, but I had a. Like I had a four pack of Tall Boys, like some weird. It was like a chocolate stout, and I, I downed those like in like two hours. I, I downed the whole thing, and man, it kind of like set me good for a while. I'm like, you know what? I don't think I need to drink for a while. So I'll probably hit a couple beers this weekend. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's only Thursday. I've had a couple Coors though, Coors Banquets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like, that's just like water, you know. You can drink drink those, so <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even count that as drinking. You know, right. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> uh, those are healthy. <laughs> yeah, just got to stay hydrated somehow. Right. And I just wish I had time. I'd get on one of those boats. So I, I derailed us there, but uh, we were talking about the Shiners and the Masons and how they interconnect, and possibly, uh, or maybe you already answered this part, but the, the, how how much influence, sway, and power. And how, are they good guys or bad guys, the Masons? Because we have Randall Carlson, high-level Mason. We have Abraham Zapruder, who, because of him, we saw the fatal headshot from the front on Kennedy. That was a, He was a 33-degree Freemason. So are they good or are they bad? How much power do the Masons have? And what's with these guys in the little cars? Yeah, I mean, they've definitely been powerful in the past. And, and they're probably more powerful today than I think they are because, honestly, now – like you can read and like get confirmation from Masonic sites about a lot of these famous people who've been Masons, but like the people in the last maybe say 30 years or so, 
you just can't find out any information on hardly any famous people to to know if they were or not. Like I think Bill Clinton was um, the Order of De Molay, and uh, I think Jacques De Molay was a uh, I think he was a Templar. So you know that's just for young people, like young. Uh, like under 18, you can be a Demolay. It's like a you know Mason for young kids or whatever. But you it's know, like almost a few the, people the here Boy Scouts or something for Masons. Something like exactly. Yeah, I think um, Walt Disney was Demolay. I think there's a picture of him. They wear capes, kind of like Harry Potter. So uh, it's yeah, it's it's interesting, man. Like yeah, I found all these different uh, little known organizations, and you know, I don't know a lot about them. They're really quiet you know if you read about them they'll say well it's it's like a lot of them are for they're, they're for master masons only like there's the order of the kabiri there's the order of quetzalcoatl or quetzalcoatl uh the council of royal and select masons there's uh order of king solomon quetzalcoatl would be the quetzalcoatl is in the weird sky serpent that all the aztecs collectively hallucinated when they took mushrooms Exactly. Yeah. The and, same and thing. I, okay. I be, yeah. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, it's been a while since I looked into them. I think they're also under the Shriners, if I'm not mistaken. So it's kind of interesting. And one of the things I learned about the Shriners is you actually, uh, you swear an oath to Allah. So you've got that kind of, um, you know, the uh, Muslim kind of influence there, which kind of surprised me a little bit because you got, you know, you got all these Southern guys in the, shrine and you know they've <laughs> swore allegiance to allah and it's yeah, just kind of funny you know there's some weird good old boys club stuff with that when it comes to like admirals and generals i thought and it, um wasn't there what was the fbi fuck what the is it clapper is that the guy isn't he like hey, a clapper um yeah i think so i thought he was like a avout muslim or something you know that sounds familiar i you may be right. That sounds familiar. But he's like, a, sure. yeah, it's a lot of those old Southern white guys like uh, Kevin Spacey and freaking House of Cards. Yeah, it talks like this. And uh, I yeah. worship a lot. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Yeah, you know, it's weird. I, I, I've also done this long. It's like, I think I've done 13 episodes. I'd have to look back and, and make sure. But kind of on, you know, like. Kabbalah and Zionism and those kinds of things. And, you know, you learn all this stuff that you just don't hear anywhere else. And uh, it's really interesting because I've heard um, Orthodox rabbis say that they actually, uh, actually the Muslims worship the same God as them, but the Christians don't because the Trinity means that they are, uh, like, I guess that they have three gods the way they look at it. So uh, those you know, Christians are idol worshipers. And I'm like, that's so weird because you think that they, the Muslims are their worst enemy, but. Yeah, the Masons like the, the threes, right? So you think the Trinity. Yeah, yeah. By the way, that's another thing. No Agenda was the first one that kind of turned me and a lot of other people on to the 33 and how far it was and hidden news articles and magic numbers, shape-shifting Jews, all that. What is oh, yeah. the 33? Because someone had said at one point, I heard them say it was abort mission is what 33 was like a code word for or abort. I don't know if that's true. I guess it depends on the context. What is what would you say is the reason? And is it Freemason? What is the reason for the thirty threes we see in news articles and news stories and weird stuff like that, or thirty three thousand or three hundred and thirty three thousand? Uh, what's the reason for that? And is it Masons doing it? You know, that's a you know, like going back to um, 
under you know, COVID nineteen, you know, and people were posting all these, you know, all these uh, headlines with the number thirty three, thirty three percent, thirty three thousand, you know, thirty three hundred. It's crazy. I, I I can't explain it. It's that part is really weird. But as far as like, I think there's several meanings, but uh, I think one of the basic meanings is um, you've got thirty two paths of the Kabbalah, basically, and then you have one extra path. Uh, I think that's called Deoth, if I remember correctly. And so that makes 33. So in the Kabbalah is the basis of masonry. So I think that's where it comes from. But there's this uh, Kabbalist, like the guy who they they claim wrote the, the first main book of the Kabbalah, which is called the Zohar. And there's actually like 16 Zohars, but this was the first one. And his name was Rabbi... Uh, Simeon Bar Yohai, I believe is how it's pronounced. And so anyway, he, they celebrate, because I guess the, the Jewish calendar is different, the Hebrew calendar. So on the 33rd day of the month, on one of the, I forget which month, because their months are different, but it's the 33rd day, they celebrate him every year. And um, a lot of people think it's connected to that as well, because he supposedly wrote the Zohar and you know, in Freemasonry's, it comes out of the Zohar and Kabbalah. So, how do you spell that? I'm sorry, the Zohar, Z O H O R, maybe. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's um, and I've you know I've really been looking into Kabbalah and stuff. It, I mean, you can really go mad looking at that because there's so much information, but um, it really is the basis of a lot of the occult stuff we see. And the weird thing is, you know, it comes from um, you know the the rabbis um and it really they try to say that it goes all the way back to biblical times but and it may but i think the modern version of it is probably like 1100 and forward uh because that's basically i think the zohar was written in the 1300s and they said it was written by the rabbi that i mentioned uh, yohai but then he he lived much much before that and so they finally found out, oh, no, it was this other rabbi from Spain, Moses de Leon, and he said he was channeling the rabbi when he wrote it. So, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. Are you familiar with the Rebbe as opposed to the rabbi? Yeah, yeah. What was that guy's um, actual name? I can't remember his name. I didn't know about him until I, I was on Behind the Schemes doing research. This is pre-Jew Tunnel stuff. And I came across yeah. this guy that he he had told Netanyahu, he told old BB that he'd be uh, – the leader of Israel when the Messiah comes and all this stuff. So it's, it's all real weird. And he's apparently tied in with the Jew tunnels. What do you know about all this? So that <laughs> I'm would taking be all over the place. I'm sorry. No, no, I don't, I don't mind at all. Um, that's probably Menachem Mendel Sneerson. And uh, he was the seventh Rebbe of uh, Chabad. The Chabad is like a, you know, a, a sect. That's where they found the tunnels. That was in, uh, I think crown Heights. And that was the Chabad headquarters, I think. And they believe and so he's going to come back to life, right? The Rebbe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, oddly enough, uh, Jared and Ivanka prayed at his grave. I think his grave is in New York, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, they went there and prayed at it the night before Trump was elected because they're they're in that sect. So um, really interesting. Like, this guy is so – like they say in Israel that there's – you know, Jews, devout Jews there that actually hold up pictures of him, large banners and stuff like that, and say that he's coming back. And 
really bizarre stuff. But he had a like in Russia during the Soviet Union. I think he was born in Ukraine, if I'm not mistaken, and they had an intelligence network that he was the head of, and uh, they kind of equate that with helping to overthrow Russia, the communists or whatever, back then. But uh, it's like anytime you see the rabbis with the presidents or, with, like, say, with uh, DeSantis, and they got the black hats, almost like the gangster hats – yeah, that's the Chabad sect because the other guys wear different hats. So uh, they're almost really like the Amish Weird Al Amish Paradise looking hat. You know that music video? Yeah, it's like yes. pretty close. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So how did we ever find out how big the tunnels were, and did they really seal that off, or was that a PR stunt? I saw the the welding and them filling it with concrete and stuff, but it's like that could have been anything. I don't know what I'm not I really. You never know what you're actually seeing. How big were those yeah. things and what was going on? Because there was other pictures of baby strollers and bloody mattresses or poop stain mattresses and weird shit. Why there's so many baby, baby strollers underneath? Like, what was all? What, what's the hell? What 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 the hell's going on? <laughs> you know, I wish I knew, man. I I, I mean, it, the main story didn't sit right with me. You know, they were saying that these guys were going in there and taking dirt and putting it in their pockets and and taking it out. Yeah, then, yeah, I loved that. <laughs> It's like, I mean, would you not see dirt everywhere as yeah. people are? <laughs> I mean, they try to act like none of the people in the Chabad synagogue noticed that. And I'm like, come on now. I mean, there's probably cameras everywhere, and uh, it just didn't sit right with me. I don't know Which, what was going on. but Always uh, got to do the disclaimer on this show, by the way. I love Jews. Just got every time, you just got to you know, get that out of the way. Oh, yeah. We yeah. love Jewish people. Well. You're Jewish, right? Yeah. Well, I, you know, the thing that got the thing that got me into looking into Kabbalah and the Zohar was a few years a few years ago. My grandma died on my dad's side, and uh, I found out I had a long lost brother. I kind of knew about him, but we never met. And so we finally met, and uh, when she died, her, um, you know, in her, uh, what do you call it? <laughs> when they die, <laughs> and they have it written down. Help me out here. Uh, it's in the will? paper. Obituary. Obituary. (laughs) Brain fart. Um, But anyway, uh, yeah, so it had her maiden name, and we're like, wait a minute, that sounds like a Jewish name, you know, just because I recognized it. Rosenbaum, very common. And so we looked it up, and sure enough, you know, that she was Jewish. And the family never told us that. Neither of us were close with the family. But anyway, that's what got me to looking into all this. So I guess you could say – Kabbalah is Jewish mysticism. What what exactly is that? Sorry, I cut you off. You well, were about to say, you were about to wrap there. No, I'm just going to say so you can call me a self hating Jew if you want. <laughs> yeah, because that seems to be popular with people. Jew, 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 Jew. Love it. No, but, it, so Kabbalah is 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 uh, Jewish mysticism. In is that almost in the same way that um uh. What was that sect of Christianity that pretty much got killed off by the Roman Catholic Church? Uh, Gnostics. So it's like the Gnostics. Gnostic, it would, Gnostic would be Gnosticism would be the Christian version of what Kabbalah is to Judaism. Or am I completely off base? On that? I might. Be. Well, the I think the first Gnostics were actually Jewish, and they actually took that. You know, they, they, it was kind of like a a twisted version of Judaism. Uh, but yeah, Kabbalah is definitely related to that. And then there was the Christian uh, Gnosticism as well. But um, there is an 
author, he's dead now, but he was like a, a scholar, the first Jewish mystic scholar. And he was at the Hebrew University. Gershom Sholem was his name. And he's, he wrote all these books. And they're so detailed. And so if anybody's interested in any of this stuff, I, I just suggest they check out his books because he's very clear in there about the origins. And he talks about the Gnosticism being such a big part of Kabbalah and stuff like that. And uh, it's What did really you mean wild. by like, a twisted version? You said it's well, they, they take um, – and I don't know a ton about Gnosticism, but they take some – parts of Judaism and then mix it with this different thing, you know, and they have the archons and those different types of things. And they think that the God, um, the good God of the Christians would be actually the bad God, you know, it's kind of, give me more twisting. Yeah. Twist me up. Twist me up. So that was, that's, I, Hotep with it, uh, old friend of this show, uh, was tweeting something the other day along the line. You know what? I wonder if I don't want to take him out of, I don't want to, butcher what he said but uh he was saying something along the lines of if i was the devil i would convince uh it was basically a gnostic how how do you phrase it it's kind of it was a gnostic worldview because they believe that the serpent well and really what we know about the gnostics is only what the critics of the gnostics wrote about the gnostics right because they destroyed all the gnostic writings is that correct well no they've they've um probably did destroy a lot of them but uh, they found what they call the gnostic gospels and uh i think it was i want to say in the 70s I, I could be wrong about that it could have been a little bit earlier but they claim that they found a lot of these texts um i think it's called the, the serpents the liberator trying to and the 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 judeo-christian god in that worldview is actually a demon or a demiurge mm-hmm. yeah it's exactly, interesting yeah it's blasphemous I, <laughs> but it's interesting <laughs> Um, yeah, and I, you know, uh, my friend John Brisson, he, he's done a lot of studying on that, and he found out that I'm kind of skeptical on these Nag Hammadi Gnostic Gospels because you see that uh, the Rockefellers were funding this research and, and uh, the uh, UNESCO, which is the Huxleys, uh, were you know behind it as well. So, well, th- they might have been dead by then, but um, definitely that organization, UNESCO, had uh, something to do with finding the Gnostic Gospels, and I think that they might even run the Nag Hammadi Library. I can't remember now. It's been a long time since I looked into this what's, stuff. What's but, the Nag Hammadi Library? Well, that's that's the Gnostic Gospels. Mm, okay, okay. So, yeah. So I think there's quite a few of them. Uh, I, I've read bits and pieces, but, uh, yeah, I don't know how many uh, books there are. But, yeah. And like with the Kabbalah, it's really weird because, like – they there's so much to it it's there's so much and i've really been trying to study that and do these shows to kind of explain some of it but uh here's a good example so you know they call the torah the first five books of the bible torah torah and they uh you know you would think that these orthodox jews are very um like they they really adhere to the bible in the fi- first five books but if you look into it and in Gershom Sholem talks about this, and there's another professor who was also Hebrew University, uh, Israel Shahak. He was a great author, and he explains that they don't believe what it says. They have, they like, they've written all these other books that are supposed to be the explanations of the first five five books of the Bible, and there's literally hundreds of them now. And so, uh, like that uh, rabbi, I, the rabbi I mentioned earlier, uh, Rabbi. 
uh, Yohai, who supposedly wrote the Zohar, but now we know he didn't. Uh, he said, and I believe this is in the Zohar. It's my favorite uh, Adam Sandler movie, by the way. Don't mess with the Zohar. Yeah. I think it was right? It was. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he says in there that like, if you actually interpret the first five books of the Bible literally, then you're going to hell, even though they don't actually believe in hell, but he's basically saying, you know, that you're a fool and it can have as many meanings as you want. So it's kind of like, um, it, it just, there's no rules, you know, it can mean anything that any rabbi says it means, you know? So, uh, if it can mean anything, then it means nothing, you know, is what I say, because, uh, I don't know, it's just crazy. And so there's really no, um, there's no moral absolutes in it, in, in that belief system. So it's pretty interesting once you get into it. And so what, what's the deep, I know there's so many different sects of Judaism, just like there's a Christianity and all this stuff, but considering you said it, it's kind of the origins of uh, at least the modern incarnations of cults and secrets, the occult and secret societies tends to lead back and have its roots in that uh, mystic Judaism. What is, what's their deal? What, what do they, how much, I don't know how to ask this. Do they believe in the same thing? do they believe in the same things that uh, the old Testament Jews would have believed in, or is this a completely different uh, can of worms? We're doing? Well, a lot of people say that they don't. And then, you know, they say they do, of course. Um, and the, the thing is over time, a lot of the, the teachings have changed. Like they have this set of books called the Talmud. There's the Babylonian Talmud. And then there is Nick the loves to go on about that Talmud. Oh, does he? Well, oh. it's got some, I'll say this. It's a huge set of books. There's like 60 something books. That's where Goyim um, and all that comes from, right? Probably. Cause it does mention the Goyim and, you know, it's got a lot of horrible stuff in there. A lot of it's just legalistic stuff, but there, it does say horrible stuff about Goyim. And, uh, you know, there's some really perverted stuff with about young kids and, and just like, I, I, I thought the other day, well, it's been a few months ago now, I was like, well, I'm just going to turn to the first page in the Talmud I see just for the hell of it. It was online. And the first thing I came to was like, if a rabbi's daughter commits adultery, should we stone her or cut off her nose? You know? So, Oh my God. <laughs> so yes, exactly. Um, so it's there's weird, pretty it's weird that a, it's weird that the, you know what? I'm not going to say. It. You know what? I will say. It. No, it's weird that they, it's the nose specifically, considering it's a Jewish belief system. Oh, you know, I never nose. thought of that. Yeah. yeah, that is real. That is interesting. Well, you know, they had another <laughs> terrible, terrible way they would punish people. They would take this iron hot poker and heat it in the fire and stick it down their throats. So <laughs> they had some really bad punishments back then. But um, I don't think he'd survive yeah, like, that. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I wouldn't want to. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, that, that's where those first guys uh, came from. They have to, they talk with that, that thing in their throat from cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that <laughs> right. was the, the first survivor of that. That's when they invented that device. Yeah. Well, you know, you were, you'd mentioned the snake and Gnosticism. Yeah, I did a, a show quoting some of these rabbis. Uh, and they were talking about the snake, and they, they believe, like, I don't know if all of them believe this, but some of them do. Uh, this one was a, a Reformed rabbi, Reformed Judaism. And then I've read from Orthodox Jews as well, and they talk about the holy snake 
and then the evil snake. So they have this idea that there's two snakes. It's um, the duality, they, right? Like the double helix on Moses' snake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and um, Moses' staff. They talk about <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. And they talk about um like this snake in the I, I don't know. It's been a while since I looked into it, but basically, like almost like he's over the universe. So it's very gnostic. Um, it's, it's like really yin yang, weird. right? Is that the idea? Almost like the yeah, yin yang symbol, except with snakes. I think I know what you're talking about. Vaguely. Yeah, exactly. And in there's a there is a real dualism with Kabbalah and um, mystical Judaism, but it's not exact as it is with some other cults, but. Definitely, like, it seems to me from everything I've read, looked all into all these different secret societies, it seems like Kabbalah is always the basis of all these occult belief systems. And, you know, some of them will mix in stuff like um, hermeticism and um, astrology, but Kabbalah is always a part of it. And it's just weird. Once you get into it, you're like, oh, Kabbalah is, that's like, that stems from, you know, Jews. You know, it's weird. Well, it <laughs> I didn't is- expect to find that. So the, is that where the word cabal comes from? I imagine it is. I would think so. Hmm. Yeah. I'm stroking my chin. You can't see it, but I'm going. <laughs> and allegedly, the Kabbalah means the receiving. So you're receiving this knowledge, which is also very Gnostic, you know. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of parallels there. And uh, they also believe in like, they don't call them gods, but... Some of them really come close to that. So they have this Shekinah that they some say is like the glory of God or the spirit of God, but it's female. And they say it's the female aspect of God, and they talk about it like it's a real entity sometimes. Shekinah. And, yeah. Yeah. And, well, and they're everybody, oh, it rhymes with vagina, and everybody, and it sounds like chicanery. Everybody yeah. I've known that has a vagina is involved in chicanery, so it makes sense. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's Shekinah, true, my friend. Shekinah. Hmm. Yeah, and it's and they they talk about uniting the male and female aspect of God together, and that's again very gnostic, um, you know. And and the whole thing is too like I didn't realize this, but so I guess this is in all of Judaism. They have this idea of. Uh, Tikkun Olam is what they call it, and it's supposedly you are repairing the world with good works. So think about kind of like um, I don't know, like social democrats. You know, and they're they're trying to do all these things they think is going to make the world better and fight climate change and all these different things. And so they have this idea that they can kind of bring God back eventually. By doing these good works, and you know they have like 613 laws they're supposed to obey, and that helps to bring God closer. And they also believe that like God is like this unknowable light, and when the world was being created, uh, there were these vessels and they couldn't hold God's light, so they exploded in the vessels. I mean, in the light went everywhere. <laughs> so by doing these good work, these good deeds, and this good work, they are putting the light back together. So basically, they're kind of like it's like the big. Bang. They don't say this, but yeah, and, and they don't say this, but it's kind of like they're putting God back together. In their version, they kind of it's like God needs them, and so. I think that may be one of the reasons why you see 
a lot of arrogance and uh, maybe even kind of like what's going on now in, in Gaza, some of the things that are being justified because I think that they feel like maybe um, they are above everyone, you know, and they say stuff like that in the Talmud too. So, Oh, yeah, the Talmud is full of stuff. It's, ba- it's basically like everybody that's not us is subhuman. It's the most it, – it's the Judaism is weird because it's a Jew is a race, but it's also a religion, but it's the only religion that is widely accepted as being it's race based religion. It's we, mm-hmm. our genetic yeah. line is superior. And, but then, but yeah. then they get to point and call everybody else anti-Semitic, even though they're the ones that say God picked them and only them as the chosen people. It's really weird. I didn't, I don't, um, but I did, I've, I have, let me find. I haven't seen this in forever, but I just came across this. I put it in the chat. Let's see. Wise kids, you know. Remember this? Oh, this sounds familiar. Yeah. All the people in all the nations in every continent across the earth. Fight and argue about religion Who's his real and which one really works Catholics and Muslims, Jews and Hindus Have been fighting for all history But there is one thing that all the people In every culture can at least agree God wants you to wear a hat God wants you to, God wear, wants you to wear a hat God wants you to wear a hat If you don't want to piss off God, remember that There you go <laughs> God wants you That's great, that's great yeah, it's weird, man. Like, uh, I, when I started looking into all this stuff, I did not expect to find an endless amount of information in, in all this history. And it just blew my mind. It continues to blow my mind as I do these shows. It's like, I just never know what I'm going to find next. And, um, it's really weird because I, I realized, um, I ran across these different verses. And so, like, uh, different, you know, they have in Judaism, they have all these different holidays. And they're really, really serious about it. And um, so I forget, I think it's, it might be Yom Kippur, but it, it, I'm thinking it's a different one. But anyway, so there's this one where they always pray these two prayers, and it's these Bible verses from the Old Testament, like Exodus or something like that. And it's about wiping Amalek off the face of the earth. And uh, I've actually heard these Orthodox rabbis talk about how any enemy of theirs is Amalek, and they're still called to what's Amalek? It sounds like an ancient dim- demon or something. Well, that was just like that was like a people, like another tribe back in the day that they fought, and so you know the Orthodox oh, right. okay. anyway, like the Philistines still, it, and the yeah, exactly, okay. yeah, exactly. Amalek just sounds like an ancient entity of some kind, like Golb. Yeah, it does. It's tongue. a weird. Yeah. It's a weird, it's kind of a cool word. It's, it kind of rolls off the tongue. But yeah, it's really weird, man. And, and then I found another. A lot more this than Shikina or whatever that other word was. <laughs> Shikina. Shikina. Um, and another one, this one really blew me away. Now, now, I don't think that all Jews believe this, but I've seen quite a few videos of these Orthodox Jews saying this. So they equate all of the West, Rome, and Christianity as Edom and Esau. And I guess... Esau, you know, was in the Bible and he fought his brother right. Jacob. Jacob. Yep. So Israel is, uh, they they see themselves as Jacob and Esau is the West and, and the, you know, the Gentiles or whatever you want to call it. And so they, they say in the Zohar that, uh, you know, the Edom and Esau will be destroyed in the end times, but 
first, they're going to use Edom Esau to beat Ishmael, which is Muslims. And then Edom must fall so the whole world can kind of be ran from Israel. <laughs> so it's it's really wild, man. It's really, really crazy. Edom and weep, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, a <clears throat> Okay, so I don't, I don't think I've heard you talk about this. I mean, you maybe I'm sure you have. There's a good chance you already have on your show, but I don't remember hearing you talk about what exactly it is you believe. Are you, do you, I mean, if we, and you can have a pass on this question, but when you're looking at this, has this um, changed? Uh, when you're looking into all these old religions and old, uh, like, you know, secret societies or belief systems, has it changed your perspective on metaphysically what you believe about the world or about God or the nature of reality at all? That's a great question. That's deep. So, um, you know, I consider myself a Christian. I think that the tenets, you know, if we're just talking about Jesus Christ, I think that, you know, the things that he taught, and even if you don't believe he was real or you don't believe he was a Messiah, just the things that have been written down that he taught, I think, was pretty solid. There's more proof that he was real than there is for Shakespeare, I'll tell you that. Right, exactly, exactly. It's, it's really wild when you look into some of that stuff. That because a lot of things that are said just have no basis. People just say them, and then you know it kind of gets it catches on. But uh, yeah, and it's kind of like even you know I, I've had my faith tried, definitely looking into all this stuff. But it kind of reinforces it because the deeper I get into it, you see that there was this movement, and still is this movement to kind of go against what he taught. And, uh, you know, even with like the, the, what the, the church, Christian church turned into, like a lot of the things that they do now is antichrist. It really is. And, um, it seems to me like they're merging actually, especially the Protestants with, with this, um, mystical Judaism. You know, they have this, um, uh, messianic Judaism, which they believe in Jesus, or they say they do. They believe in a Messiah, but they still carry this Kabbalah stuff with them. And so you see a lot of these guys, uh, these uh, messianic rabbis at these Christian churches teaching and and whatnot. And it's like, it's kind of weird, man, because that stuff is, you know, like I said before, it's basically the basis of occult beliefs, but it's it's just so, um, there's no absolutes in it, and it can mean anything you want it to, and you've got all these other things. There's another... Uh, angel that they talk about in Kabbalah called Metatron. Okay, and you, you might have heard of Metatron's cube, heard and, of Megatron, and all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like Megatron. Yeah, uh, and so Metatron is like they say he's almost like the, oh, they they say the little Yahweh, basically the little God. And it's like they hold him up almost as high as God, and God has all these different aspects. Like they have the Ein Sof, and that's I think I think the Ein Sof is like maybe the light of God, I'd have to look. Um, and then they've got all these other names, and they say that God's unknowable, though. And I think that's one of the problems with uh, Judaism, or at least Orthodox Judaism. And I know a lot of Reformed Jews now study the Kabbalah as well. It's like there's, you know, it's like almost, it's almost like atheism. I don't know how to explain this. It's almost like, okay, well, we believe in God, but there's, 
no personal connection to him. He's almost like an idea instead of anything tangible. And yeah, it gets really, really hard to put a lot of this, these types of things into words. And especially, I guess when you're, um, words also the alphabet or whatever that works. They, yeah. Yeah. Let's you. So I did, but I just don't want to get off of it before it, I, I kind of like nail this down. Cause this is fascinating to me. So what, would you say? Um, would you say that everything, the, the culmination of all the research you've done, has tested your faith, but not changed? Yeah, I don't think it's changed because I just feel like it almost seems like to me, and maybe this is just because I'm biased, but that the whole world's against this idea of this Jesus, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, all these different occult belief systems, and I and I, I see a, the same pattern in almost all these. Whether we're talking about uh, all these Masonic connected organizations, the Ordo Templi Orientis, the the Golden Dawn, um, you know, the Church of Satan, the Temple of Set, they pretty much all have some similar beliefs, and those are, of course, they study the Kabbalah. There are no absolutes. That's one of the big ones. And um, and they seem to be very anti-Jesus, you know, and uh, which is weird because, like, most of the things he said were very, like, yeah, that's the way we should do he it. Didn't like, he didn't like the money. The, bun, the money thing was it the deal breaker for them probably when it comes to Jesus. I, yeah, I think you're probably right, <laughs> you know. And <laughs> I, By the way, uh, I totally dropped the ball. I couldn't find the tweet. Uh, so the Twitter segment from Hotep with it is not going to happen. I couldn't. I, I just couldn't find the tweet. Let me just show you some fun stuff I found on Twitter. Uh, not happen. But I'll say. Um, uh, so if. Uh, oh shoot! I don't. I want to lose this train of thought here. Probably shouldn't have smoked before this. Probably wouldn't be a good idea. Um, <laughs> uh, so <laughs> if, if there's um, within within the context of all the different uh, institutions that attack Christ, it seems like the ones that propped Christ up are seemingly the most satanic. Like I, I know your latest episode, uh, you were talking about the, the Catholic church a little bit and the idea that they had been, it's almost like they're intentionally imploding the, the, <laughs> the Catholic yeah, church. Yeah. Uh, they're not trying to improve their image about being a bunch of baby rapers and stuff like that. So, right. if, um, but it's, it's almost even beyond that when it comes to, um, imagery, satanic shit. I don't think it's a coincidence that there's that crazy skull. There's, first of all, there's reptile and snake sculptures in the Vatican, but then there's also that one right. of Jesus being dragged into hell. That's like one of the mm-hmm. biggest statues. All that yeah. on top of yeah. it is Constantine and those bishops just happened to pick 66 the number of books they picked to be in the Bible was 66. So even in and of itself, the, um, the, the fundamental, um, rise of Christianity in my mind was a little Satan. It was a little suspect. Um, but, but that all that being said, there is something that with the, the Christ energy, I don't know if you're into like pair, like much of the paranormal UFO werewolf, you know, fucking alien abduction, uh, dogman shit, or whether uh, you've experimented with psychedelics and, and uh, interdimensional entity contact, or even have heard the stories. But 
calling upon the name of Christ, not even out loud, just invoking him in your thoughts, seems to immediately uh, repel any kind of alien, demon, or anything else you're in contact with. So there's something to it. Yeah, I've heard that for years now. You know, it's uh, so I I think there is, and it's just weird, man. It's a weird time that we're in. You know, you know, you have no idea what we're going to see next. Are they going to really sick aliens on us? Are they going to be real? I thought last Uh, Super Bowl they were going to dump the fake alien invasion, man. Tucker and the Pentagon, the State Department were hyping up the blue beam shit. I was all ready to go. I was like, yes, fake alien invasion at the Super Bowl. This time, I think. Now, if they do some of the Super Bowl, I think they're just going to like behead Taylor Swift in an ISIS style video and like, I don't know, <laughs> something weird. <laughs> That'd be cool. Though. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't know what to expect. It's crazy. It's a crazy time to be alive. Yeah. I wouldn't change it for the it's world cool. other than like having more money. I could always use some more money, but like, it's a, it's oh, a for sure. fascinating time to be alive in for sure. Yeah, I like it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like it. I think it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be crazy, right? The closer it gets to elections, but in a twisted way, I'm almost looking forward to it. Twist me up! (laughs) I mean, people get insane, you know, especially the closer you get. And uh, I think this one's going to be like, I've been called recently several times. If Trump wins, we know he's like part of the, well, he's a Freemason, right? Scottish, right? Well, you know, I, I don't know. I've tried to. Like people say he is, but I haven't been able to prove it. Although, you know, it is weird. I'll say this, and I just learned this last weekend. <gasps> he's got a, scoop. a replica. News, people. Of, he's got a replica of the Ark of the Covenant in his house. And I think it was, um, oh, what's her name? That's a little Blanking. weird, right? Because the. I thought you yeah. Were, and that's still in Ethiopia or something. Like that's what they say. Graham Hancock, I think, was obsessed with finding that thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it actually, if they've found it or not. You know, I've heard people say that, but I wonder. I think it was uh, James O'Keefe took a picture of himself right beside it and uh, Laura Loomer as well. And I, th- I just think it's really weird because, uh, you know, I-, I don't really think that, you know, that Trump was religious because, you know, some of the funny things he said. His favorite in- book was Sec- Thessalonians 2 or whatever. <laughs> well, I remember him saying. The N word. Uh, you know what the N word is? <laughs> uh, somebody asked him what his favorite verse was and he's like i like them all you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and it, he said uh another one he's like um have you ever asked god for forgiveness he's like well i uh, <laughs> it was something like I've i never don't done anything think wrong. i really need yeah i'm like what i mean it's lonely at the top that, there's, yeah, there's, so. there's djt and there's jc that's the top two guys god ever made right um yeah I, so but I'm, yeah that's weird I'm really, I'm, well, Pat Militich, I don't know if you know Pat Militich, uh, UFC fighter, he does the conspiracy farm. I don't know if he still does that with Jeff Wilson, but he was the first or second guest ever on the show. And he made a good oh. point back then, because this was the start of COVID, like first couple of weeks of COVID, 2020, when I started showing Pat Militich said something to me that stuck with me. It was Trump taught Vince McMahon, and he was a huge Trump guy, QAnon guy, all that, at least at the time. Yeah. He said, Trump taught Vince McMahon how to be Vince McMahon. So this could be the biggest kayfabe act of all time. And the, at first, I thought, well, the establishment hates Trump so much. That means he must be a threat to them. But mm-hmm. then it's also like the deep state, quote unquote, is not stupid. Like the social engineers no. are not idiots. And they know that whatever they do, 
half the population or at least a third of the population is going to be like, fuck that and believe the opposite. So if they can yeah. kill two birds with one stone and attack Trump so that they're normie, the normies in the country hate Trump, but then also they control Trump. And because they constantly attack Trump, they get Trump to uh, they get like the other people on board with Trump. So it's kind of yeah. like a, it's a win win situation for them. That's like I don't see. And even if Trump that doesn't mean Trump is unwittingly, I believe, is the term you would use. Like Trump might not even be aware that he's being played and manipulated. He might. It, it's not maybe they didn't. He didn't have to sign a contract in baby blood or anything necessarily to become president. But you can. I don't know. Does that make sense? It makes total sense, man. I, you know, I, I've said for a long time, it's like exactly what you said, just in different words. Like they can use because people are so divided, you know, like a Trump or a Biden, like one side's going to love them and one side's going to hate them. And, you know, they can use reverse psychology on people. They can say one thing and then the opposition's going to want to do the, the, the opposite, right? Um, or vice versa, you know. And so they can move both parties by one statement, you know, and that's power. That's, that's a lot of power. You know, like one of the things I noticed early on was I read that Trump had taken a $160 million loan from George Soros for Trump tower. And I was like, what is going on? And well, I, this we was can't attack a president. <laughs> and this was before the elections. And I, I went and I told my uh, conservative friend i was conservative at the time I, and now i'm just like i i don't trust any of them anymore but uh, I, I lean kind of more towards that way than the liberals but um you know he, he got mad at me and i was like no you know this is the truth you know and i showed him a couple articles and and it was kind of like i realized at that moment there was some major psychology going on and like you said whether trump was in on it or anything like that that it might have just been the right time, you know, for, you know, it's like the Republicans had that power vacuum. Yeah. They needed it filled. But then it's, again, it you know. It seems to me in 2024 or 2020, whenever, or 2016, even when Trump first won, it seems to me that the controllers of this world would have underst understand by now what reverse psychology is. If I can do it oh, with yeah. my two-year-old, I'm pretty sure they fucking know what reverse psychology is. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you read books like um, Bernays' Propaganda, and that came out in 1928. And he you know, he went in there, and he'd already worked for the Wilson administration during World War One, and they, they had that propaganda agency called, I think, the Committee on Public Information or whatever. And so they used all the means that they had at the time to talk Americans into going into the – into WW1, you know? And so he knew by 1928 how to control the masses. And he talked about it through, you know, through TV, through um, cinema, radio, newspapers, magazines. I mean, it's just, and if they knew back then, that was, so what, what would that be? 90, is that 96 years ago, 1928? I'm horrible at math. Uh, uh, that'd be, close. 1928 would be, 96 years ago, yeah. yeah. So that's, you know, nearly 100 years ago, and they had already perfected it with the, the limited technology they had then. You know, you look at uh, social media now, like there's quotes by Brzezinski in the sev like in 1970, and he was like, basically, he described the surveillance state and social media, you know. So they knew, I think, where things were headed. And, uh, you know, honestly, I thought that Cam Cambridge Analytica thing was BS, until I looked into it, and I'm like, you know what, that that actually happened, 
And, you know, they were using basically people's social media <laughs> preferences or whatever to uh, figure out how to, I guess, run the tr- Trump campaign and kind of like appeal to the people. And um, they didn't do that, man. No, dude. Like, no, it was it was $20,000 in Russian Facebook ads. That was the only thing that happened. Really? Because I thought <laughs> I thought that they uh, <laughs> it's been a while since I looked into it. But like, no, you're right. Uh, no, just. I'm, I was, yeah. I'm just saying like the, the official story is 20, was it 40,000, $20,000 worth of Facebook ads that Russia paid for swung the election. And that's how it was rigged. Oh yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. That's yeah. right. Uh, yeah. But you know, it's like, and you know, I'm not just blaming him because like, I'm sure the Democrats are doing the same thing. I feel like they're watching our social media and they all know how to control us now by the way we like things, by what we post, you know, it's like the, um, oh, it's, the, uh, and, and everybody's algorithm is so targeted to the point where, well, everybody kind of gets fed on the, back in the day, especially everybody would get fed CNN, Joe Rogan, all the main things on your normal feed. But even on Twitter, dude, I was watching Fish Tank and within 24 hours of Fish Tank season two starting, which is, I don't know if you know, this is like a 24 hour live show. My whole feed without me doing anything on Twitter became 90% Fish Tank related content within 24 hours wow. of starting the show. And it, so it's like the algorithms are very honed and targeted, just like targeted ads and anything else. Like, like he, hot, yeah. hot, hot, horny milfs in your area. Yeah. It's like, I, would exactly. I be eating those ads if I didn't keep looking at pictures of titties late at night? Like, I don't know. Right. I, no I know, man. It's, uh, it's crazy. And you know, we've given away all of our privacy, you know, because I mean, technology is fun and it's convenient, but you know, it doesn't come without a price. And, you know, it's weird, too, because, you know, the younger generations are just totally born into all this. And so they'll never know what it was like to have any anonymity or anything like that. So, um, you know, it's just it's wild what technology's done. I mean, it's done a lot of great things, but uh, it's there's a lot of negative things, too. Yeah, I just had uh, actually right before we went live, I posted uh, episode 225 with Andrew of Cloud Sprout, which was a controversial episode, I'll say, of the show. Um, and he, upon the request of the person I interviewed, I titled episode 225 Interview with a Reformed Mass Shooter. Um, oh, wow. And uh, he wanted to make sure I put Reformed in, but that was his idea for an episode title. And he's he's like a novelist. He ran the, one of the fish tank clans on rape. And I. I should probably talk about this because I haven't talked about it since I've have, uh, done this. Um, everybody pretty much thought he was a fed. And I like the guy. He seemed, um, he was intense. Uh, he seemed like he had, I mean, he was he was fun. I like him. He's been nothing but friendly to me. I don't have anything bad to say about him in the, in the slightest. And he created my favorite clan on Fish Tank and a lot of other things. And he's got a, he makes board games. He's a novelist. But the, um, the long and short of everybody that heard it, including me, by the t- like, it, it wasn't until after the interview. I'd say about five minutes after it ended, it kind of sunk in. I was like, "Did I just interview like a Fed that was trying to like goat me into um, saying or doing something?" Or I don't know what I don't know what it is. Now he denies, without even me accusing him of being a Fed. He said, "I'm not a Fed." People always say, "I'm a Fed." I'm not a Fed, which says I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that. But I did put it at the end of the episode, Boobery and Lavish uh, had a long from of behind the schemes had a long breakdown of clips even before I posted my version of the episode just breaking down why they whether or not he was a, why did I even bring this I was that, that tied into something we were talking about but I don't forget what it was but um oh yeah 
Uh, well, whatever. Oh, we it's, were talking it's about like. Uh, <laughs> I can't even remember. Yeah, we were talking about like uh, how they know how to control us through social media. I think that's what the last yes. thing we talked yeah, about. Yeah, there was some kind of tie in there. So he, it, it's um, I I don't I don't really know. I don't know what to say about it other than people go listen to that last episode and let me know what you think. Fed or not a fed. Um, but he, let me, let me ask you this. If you heard, if you in conversation, whether or not, um, cause this does, this is, this does kind of factor in time a little bit into, um, the way we're controlled on social media. If someone were to use the phrase multiple times to you in conversation, homicidal tendencies towards the federal government and specifically kept saying that phrase and specifically saying federal government and federal agents, would you, what would you think? Cause that's, I didn't know what to think. Oh man. Well, I would, I might think that, uh, I mean, if it was just like a random conversation that this person was trying to get me to implicate myself in something <laughs> possibly. <laughs> that's what I felt like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which um, I would never do because <laughs> yeah I don't know maybe I mean, like maybe I'll I'll maybe I'll send you uh, I'll send it to you and you can tell me what you think maybe I don't know it was um by I, I uh so yeah that's that episode's out now people and uh I don't know I don't know what else to I don't know what else to say about it other than um I'm excited to play his board game Minarchy yeah yeah I want to check that episode out now you got me curious it was. It was, uh, yeah, it, it caused, it, it created a lot of, um, discussion. We'll say that. Um, anyway, I mean, yeah, Andrew's cool. I mean, it may, he might just be misunderstood. He probably is. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's not a government spook. I don't know one way or the other, because I feel like it's like that thing where it's like, if you're a cop, you have to tell me, right? It's like, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if they're a fucking fed. Dude. <laughs> so like, it's like, it's one of those things. As soon as the idea is in your head that he's just always going to be like a fed to some people that, that listen to that episode. But sorry for the rambling. I don't even know what I'm talking about no. anymore. Um, I have to pee so bad though. Yeah. Um, I think we should continue like the, uh, the Jew talk when I get back, I'll be, I'll be back in. Cool. Um, play another. Yeah. Trevor Morse. God hates the tits of little baby sticks. Hell yeah. God hates the tits <laughs> of little baby sticks. <laughs> so if your kid's a male, even though he'll scream it, yeah, you gotta cut it off, or the little souls will burn in hell. Well, way back in the beginning, God was making men and women, and the fish of the sea and the birds of song. Birds of song. He announced he'd made perfection, but on closer inspection, he noticed that he left one piece. It's a bit too long God hates the tips Of little baby sticks God hates the tips Of little baby sticks So if your kid's a male Even though he'll scream and yell You gotta cut it off Or the little souls will burn in hell God gathered people's leaders Said start snipping babies wieners This will be a sign of our love and covenant A few then went and raised objections Saying they didn't see the connection But he said I'm God so no 
What do you think about what, what's your thoughts on um, circumcision? <laughs> well, what a way to come back. We're fi- back, folks. I've, we're back. We're, I've had we're five, back. so no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, you know, it's weird I, because I, I just had a grandson like uh, about mm, three months ago, three and a half, four months ago now. Did you have and the rabbi? So my, did you have the rabbi? No, 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 okay. no rabbis near me. <laughs> Keep out, but um, no, um. And so my daughter and, and, you know, her husband, they were discussing what, should we do it? Should we not? You know, and they ended up, ended up doing it. But, um, yeah, I, you know, like, you know, if you go by the Christian teachings, you really don't have to do it. That's an old Testament covenant. That's a Jewish thing, you know, so, but a lot of people carried that on. And, uh, you know, you, you hear doctors say, well, it is a little more it's cleaner and a little easier to take care of and doesn't smell as bad. So, uh, yeah, I guess I'm for it. <laughs> you know, to me, it's I, when I, when somebody says, um, especially if it's a woman that's telling me this, that it's, uh, or as my Yiannopoulos said, it's just good grooming is what he said, but <laughs> so for the aesthetics, but it's when somebody tells me they're pro circumcision, I say for females too, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chop that right. kid off. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. I, 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 I didn't, I chose not to do it with, with my kid. And when he's a grown man, he can, he can be, get circumcised if he wants. That's my, because yeah. I'm still trying to, I'm not going as far as some of these guys where they try to like stretch their skin and regrow their foreskin, but I'm pretty pissed that they chop part of my dick off. I'll say that. Yeah. I mean, I could have used all I could get, you know, so I see you. <laughs> I feel you there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, it seems like it's one of those things that would have made sense back in like times when people were living in huts and sand. Um, but now that you have showers and soap, it's like, why? Well, can you imagine the first guy that had to have it done? He, he's like, you want it to what? Yeah. I guess they did it as a baby. I don't know. Maybe not, but uh, yeah. maybe like this. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Oh, yeah. Slice. Uh, Slice and dice. <laughs> um well yeah man i don't know what else is going on in the world well i mean i don't know i don't know if you have a hard out or anything but i'm down to talk for another half hour or so if you want yeah man yeah i can talk uh man it's crazy it seems like <laughs> what you doing over there <laughs> <laughs> you know it's crazy because like the, the thing that's going on in gaza and then i read that the israelis are bombing lebanon as of today and then you got the Biden administration bombing Syria and Iraq. It's like, it's like these fools are really trying to bring on world war three. And it's, it's like, they don't care, man. I, I don't think they give a damn if, if the people don't want it or not, you know, the Rebbe and, and the, the wasps, the white Anglo settlers and Protestants, the Rebbe, a lot of the Jewish leadership, isn't there a common consensus? And that's why we're so closely tied into Israel for religious reasons is because the temple has to be rebuilt and certain thing has to happen. And then a war has to break out all for the 
Messiah to come or the second coming of Christ, depending on which. Isn't there some kind of crossover between the Jews and Christians that's like, we want this shit to get shaken up here so that religious shit can happen? Isn't that the idea? Well, it's like, it's weird uh, because, like, the original Christian church, they weren't what you would call Christian Zionists until, like, the late 1800s. So, you know, the church fathers and all that, they. And a lot of the church fathers were Jews too, but um, they that whole thing came about, and it's the weirdest thing because I didn't realize it in, until maybe like the last couple of years. But there was um, it actually started, I think, in Scotland, and so there was um, I think his name was Darby, this minister, and uh, this girl and his congregation was having these dreams about. Well, he said this anyway. Dispensation. So these dispensations i think they say there's seven so they're basically like time frames and uh i'm setting some tone and so here. so each dispensation allegedly god behaves in a different way communicates with his people in a different way or whatever so anyway long story short uh there was another guy who liked that kind of teaching and he was kind of a charlatan he'd been a lawyer i think he'd been kicked out of the army um and uh, his name was uh, Schofield, C.I. Schofield. He was from America, and so somehow was he, was he related to the laddie that, that created the Schofield scale for spicy peppers? I don't know. That's a good question. James Schofield, <laughs> creator of the Schofield scale. I need to look deeper into that. Sorry. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> but anyway, long story short, uh, this guy actually did jail time for fraud and I think debt on gambling but uh, became a minister and somehow got with the Oxford crew like you know Oxford England and ended up writing these uh, they're like notes on what the Bible verses mean and they call it the Schofield Reference Bible I think it was the first one of its kind and this thing caught on like wildfire and I think they Ooh, really pushed it that's a spicy Bible that's right. And so the way these notes were formed, it basically made Christians believe that they had to support Jews no matter what. And this was before, of course, the invention of the modern state. But that was a new thing. It's only, you know, uh, like 150 years old or whatever. And so the way it is now, yeah, I mean, Protestant Christians are almost unanimously blindly supporting Israel no matter what. And um, was Reagan partly to blame for that, you think? Oh, Reagan? Scottish bagpipe music. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Did you say Reagan? No, Reggae. No, yeah, Reagan. Oh, Reggae. <laughs> no, 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 Reagan. No, Ronald Reggae. That's my that's my favorite that's my favorite uh, fucking weed smoking dreadlock uh beanie wearing president was Ronald Reggae. Yeah. No, no, Ronald Reagan. He was um wasn't wasn't he partly like he was it was his didn't he mainstream Republican support of Israel or was it before that? Yeah, he was definitely one of those. Well, he met uh, with they the, Rebbe. Had the Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think he uh he put forth some kind of legislation that honored the Rebbe and then George H.W. Bush 
put out more legislation that honors the Rebbe under this uh, day of education. And if you look into that, I should probably mention this because this is interesting. So these, um, at least the Orthodox Jews believe in these Noahide laws. And these are laws on top of those 613 that the Jews are already supposed to follow. But there's only seven that are mandatory for non-Jews. And most of them are pretty good laws, and there's no need to like put them out there because they're basically already laws in, in the United States. But it honors these laws. They're called the Noahide laws. And here's the big one, though. The So they say that one of the, the laws that if you break, it calls for capital punishment, and that is idolatry. And so they consider Christians who – believe in the Trinity, idolaters. And I've got one of their books. It's the book on the the Noahide laws. <clears throat> it's um, blanking on the name of it. It's it's written by a rabbi, but it's it's from this uh, group of rabbis that, that published it. I think um, I've I think I came across this guy. I know who you're I'm almost positive I know who you're talking about. I think I came across him uh, a couple months ago on the show and I was shocked to find out that he was had a really name that was really close to Sam Hyde. And I was it convinced could, that Sam Hyde be. traveled back in time and pretended to be a rabbi. What the fuck was the name of that guy? I know you're talking. I think the book is called The Divine Code, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, yeah, and it says clearly in there, it says that. <laughs> and it also confirms what I was mentioning earlier, that uh, the uh, Muslims believe in the same God as the Jews, but the Christians do not. But anyway, these it's crazy because... Reagan and H.W. Uh, Bush signed this legislation that it doesn't make the Noahide laws legal, but it it pays tribute to them. And also the governor uh, governor Tex- of Texas, Abbott, he did the same thing just last year. So <laughs> it's really scary how little by little they're they're doing these things, and it's like why that has nothing to do with America. It shouldn't you know be a thing at all. But you, you know, do governors have vice governors like a vice president? That's a good. That's a good question. I'm not sure because I would love to see Abbott and Costello as governor. <laughs> that would be great. Greg, Greg Abbott and you know Craig Costello or something. Yeah, <laughs> that's got to. Yeah, it would be great to see on a pin too. I would keep that one for sure. <laughs> that's a yard sign that I would keep. Yeah. But yeah, it's really weird, man. Yeah. I think I got sidetracked. What was I saying right before that? We were, <laughs> we've been going all over the place. Mostly my fault, uh, to be honest with you. Um, what were we just talking about? Uh, it was something about Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan. That's the episode title, Ronald Reagan. I, talking to the Rebbe okay. and somehow that influencing. Oh, I, okay. I, yeah. So, and yeah, we're talking about Reagan. So they had the, the moral majority, you know, and it was like, Jimmy Falwell, Pat Robertson, all these, all these TV preachers, and uh, I think Newt Gingrich was a part of that, and so you had all these Protestant, you know, people, and um, but what a lot of people don't realize, I believe that they were trying to subvert any real Christians or any real patriots, any real conservatives, because they created, I think it was 1983, they created this organization that you don't hear much about. It's called the Council for National Policy. 
And a lot of people just shrug this off, but my friend John Brisson has done a lot of work on it. And it's amazing because they don't give out their agendas. They don't give out their memberships, but a lot of that's leaked over the years. And so anyone who's anyone in the Republican or the conservative field has either spoken there or is a member and all of the pundits too, like Mark Levin, uh, um, you know, like Glenn Beck and the different ones are all either members or have spoken there, have been honored there. Alex Stone's both, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So if you start looking at it, there's a couple of documentaries called The Secret Right, Volumes 1 and 2. Uh, even uh, AJ, Alex Jones, is a part of it. What? So uh, it had all these preachers, funny? Funny. all these like Protestant TV preachers early on, yet there were people like, uh, oh, what was the guy who... Um, he was the uh, Korean pastor, but he was like a, he was really weird, and he, he would do these mass marriages. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Sun Myung Moon in the Unification Church. So he he gave seed money I to know about uh, this. yeah 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 he gave seed money to to help this thing get going. And Tim LaHaye, the guy who uh, created all those Left Behind books, which turned into movies, he was the I think the first creator of uh, I could talk. the CNP. I'm so glad you brought. Let's come back to that because I'm so glad. I was actually actually was what I was wanting to talk about. Um, maybe for the close of the show is I want to get your thoughts on Revelation and like the left behind. I met Kirk Cameron that well. I mean, for five minutes, but that guy's short. But uh, is he really? Yeah, that dude, it's like that dude makes Rogan look like freaking Andre the Giant. Um, oh no. Yeah, I don't. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on those left behind series. Yeah, let's. Sorry, go ahead. But I do want to. I want to talk about your thoughts on Revelation in a minute. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll quickly finish up here. But just it, you know, they this whole group is is really behind the Christian Zionism. I like, you know, I, I feel like they they did that to subvert any real conservatism. Like, and if you look at it, like the founders of the CNP, they also created the Heritage Foundation, and they created another group called Alec, which is the I think it's the American Legislative. Exchange Council, and it's basically if you start doing the dive on that, they do have like single members, but it's mostly corporate members, and it's like big pharma heavy, and so they have a lot of power and influence, and you don't hear a lot about them, but they do have a lot of sway with politicians and legislation, and uh, it's just interesting when you start like digging into these groups that you don't know that much about, and you realize there's other cabals out there you i've know, never even that, heard of uh, either of those organizations so now you've, you've given me yeah. some homework to do yeah it, it, yeah, it, it check is out weird those how docs. it's just front company after front company and you just like follow you trace it back far enough yeah it's uh yeah it, yeah it's, it's everything's kind of this it's kind of like um how pepsi owns taco bell kfc was it arby's they own like half they own like half the fast food change <laughs> Oh yeah, Subway, yeah. Uh, Pizza yeah. Hut, yep, yeah, yep. it's it's nuts. Um, but yeah, dude. Okay, so I'm I. This is where my I'm at, I'm not gonna act like it's been recent. It's been a long time since I was a kid. I was most fascinated of all the books of the Bible. Revelation just fascinated the shit out of me. And I would re- I read all the Left Behind books. I saw the movies. I saw the Nick Cage movie, the newer one. Movies mm-hmm. sucked. The books had me really invested. And the and uh, the UN blue helmets and all the weird crate because they went like all the way to the end of Revelation. <laughs> those, 
left behind books. They're pretty crazy. But it, the whole thing struck me as a psyop because as somebody that had read multiple times the book of Revelations, they seem to have the chronology a little uh, twisted, for lack of a better term. Uh, what was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, 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 Give me more twisting! Yeah. The, the, the um, left behind seemed like a psyop on... If you believe in a literal book of Revelations and that it's not metaphoric, it does seem to be manifesting uh, whether the globalist elite are building their control, global control grid based on the book of Revelations or whether it was a divine inspiration that John, right? John had on that island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it seems to be happening. And so if you trick all these Christians, like with these left behind books and movies and, and tons of di- different denominations and churches seem to believe this, that all of a sudden one day there's just going to be a rapture and all the Christians go up to heaven and then everybody else is left to deal with the trials and tribulations. That's not really how it reads. Um, no, no. So anyway, what are your what's your thoughts on that? And uh, I guess it ties into Bluebeam and all the fun stuff. What do we got coming down the pike? Revelation, crazy man. I mean, I'm certainly no scholar, you know, and I, I have heard you know different versions of what different people think Revelation means, and you know, I just can't say for sure. I mean, you know, there's a form of writing of course called um wasn't it called a uh, apocalypse apocalyptic writing so it was in a certain style and i've also heard that uh john was on that island of patmos you know he was locked up and he was having to write it in code and that's why he did it because uh you know, he wrote it that way so the people who you know had him there i can't remember if it was the romans or who it was uh wouldn't know exactly what he was writing. So I don't know. You know, it's, it's hard to say. Um, everybody has their own interpretation. Um, I would, there is one minister, um, Hank Hanegraaff, and he wrote a book called The Apocalypse Code. And that is the best book I've ever read on, on, uh, Revelation. I mean, it just bar none. And even some of the other apocalyptic, uh, verses and in books of the bible it's not a huge book and he writes really well so it's like you can um it, it doesn't get boring but he explains the different types of writing and, and how you interpret certain things in a way that i've never heard anybody like he's not sensational about it so he's he's saying his claim then is that it's more of a uh, a code as well as metaphor most for the most part is that what? yeah and he also uh in his view and I'm not saying he's right, but in his view, some of those things have happened already. Um, and uh, a lot of the things that are not a lot, but some of the things that a lot of these, especially these Protestant pastors, a lot of these guys who are really into prophecy, you know, and they're always making these predictions and stuff like that. You know, he really says that a lot of that stuff's already happened. And, um, and he explains why, and it makes a lot of sense uh, because he. Yeah, a lot of the Presbyterians have that similar view. Is is that uh, a lot of it's already been, yeah, manifest uh, already happened. Well, you look up uh, something as simple as the six six six, you know, and I'm not saying I hundred percent believe this, right? But uh, you know, he explains in there that uh, Nero, I guess his full name or whatever in Gematria, which you know is like the. It's like uh, letters to numbers or numbers to letters. Um, I always heard that six, six. Just, I always heard his name was actually Negro, but it was a typo in the history books. <laughs> they left out the G. Could be. It could be. Um, no, but yeah, he, he 
he uh you know says that that in that day everybody thought that that was nero that's who that meant and you know I was like, mm, I don't know if I believe that. But then I read uh, that that's what these rabbis teach openly. So they, they don't like in, in Judaism, like 666 is not a, anything to do with anything scary. It's actually good. Uh, so that's one thing I think they could be right about because they, they knew about their numbers much better than you know, other people because they so had 666 is, is not satanic according to Jews. That's right. So that does that mean uh, that either Jews are satanic or they're right and it's not satanic is one of the two options. Yeah, that's the two options. And I think, you know, like the way I look at it is like gematria. It's not – I don't think it's evil in itself. Uh, I think that uh, it's just, you know, because there's all kinds of ciphers and um, which is letters to numbers or numbers to letters, however you want to do it. And so, you know, you can make – different codes and different words with numbers and people that know these ciphers are like, Oh, they just put the letters there and they're like, okay, they're communicating with me like this, you know? So, um, I don't think it's exactly specifically evil, but it, you could use it in nefarious ways. I think if you're using it to fool people for evil purposes, it's evil. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a tool like a like yeah. arrow or yeah. anything else like that. Um, right. I won't fuck with the Ouija board. I don't care if it's a tool or not. I ain't messing with that. But um, I, so if there, if it's, if the book of revelations is uh code and, and metaphor and, or has already been fulfilled, any of those things, it does seem um, remarkable to put it mildly, yeah. how uh, it talks about the mark of the beast. You can't buy or sell with being on everybody's right hand or forehead. And the, beast that sounds like some kind of crazy like alexa hologram thing that can be seen from every corner of the earth and is in everybody's homes and in every city like i'm I'm paraphrasing but there's a lot of stuff in there that's seems like something you couldn't really come up with back before the a telephone was invented <laughs> you know it seems like yeah. a lot of that stuff is he, he peered into a moment in time not saying it's this one but we're closer than we've ever been in a literal sense yeah yeah no i can't deny that i mean Certainly, there are things in there that, you know, it's amazing how accurate they seem to be, you know, and, you know, and part of me thinks, well, you know, I mean, if it was divinely inspired, then that would be a reason for him to be able to predict these kinds of things. Um, but then again, you know, it's like there's so many patterns throughout history, too, that, you know, you wonder – what we haven't been told, what what have ha- what has happened that right? It could people- have been it could have been a historical record. If if um what all this lost ancient technology, we still don't know how they built the pyramids, as Tucker always loved to say. But yeah, it it could be stuff that already happened. Like mm-hmm. uh, the like six thousand years ago, the Hindus had uh, drawings and writings about like flying space battles, essentially with cities that flew in the sky and shit. And it, you could say it's mm-hmm. imagination, but I think it's pretty likely that we just uh, don't have our um, any clue how long human beings have actually been on the planet and how often a civilization resetting event comes. God just like, you know, not flips the chessboard over and resets everything once every hundred yeah. million years or hundred or million years or whatever, dude. So I, with that in mind, it could be just lost ancient knowledge that the book of revelation and, and things do run on a cycle. Things do run on a pattern. Um, yeah. Do you think God, yeah. 
since as, as like as a Christian, do you think God only? I mean, this is all hypothetical. You have no way of knowing this, so I'm not asking for like a <laughs> definitive answer here. But it, it it always fascinated to me, it, like that people would say that, like my dad, I would um I would always have conversations with like family members or or just friends that are real big into theology. Um, they seem to be convinced that if there was more out there, not even just in a three-dimensional space on other planets, more life and stuff, but as far as how reality is put together and how infinite it is, it's it seems to me goofy to think that this is it. and Or the, even that God would only give one person one chance in a lifetime, right? It's like God's he's like, you have one chance. If you fuck this up, you're damned forever. Or you get eternal bliss forever, which you really shouldn't deserve probably because you just happen to get it lot right. I'm, I'm rabbit trailing here, but what do yeah. you, what do you, like, what are your, what are your thoughts on um, what else? I, it's hard to even put this into words, but the, the the scope of reality, how long everything goes, it seems to me goofy that if if an infinite God had infinite time and infinite abilities and was all powerful and only made these humans on one earth in this dimension, it seems like he's not very creative. <laughs> I mean, he's creative, yeah. but do you know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, like so, like what's your what's your thoughts on how it, it seems like. Um, if God, if the Bible was divinely inspired, this idea that um, God would just tell us everything we need to know and give us, it seems like he would leave out most of the the secrets, which is where I guess secret societies come from, bring us full circle. I don't even know what the question I was asking yeah. was, but what do you think? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's a great, uh, it's a great question about, you know, I, mean, I understand what you're saying because we seem pretty limited here. I mean, we have a lot of technology, but you would think that there would be other creatures and worlds out there. And I don't know, you know, honestly, I, I used to think, no, this is all there is, but um, it could even be that there are other dimensions and things out there that are not necessarily um, something we could re- reach out and touch, but um, I don't know what the words I'm trying to. I mean, I've uh, I've experienced other planes of existence, whether or not that was all in my head, but that's just LSD and mushrooms and all that stuff back in the day when I was a wild wild man. Um, so I definitely believe there's other inf- potentially infinite dimensions out there. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I I didn't phrase it well, but I guess I'm just the vast majority of Christians I have conversations with, and I just like I was raised Christian and all that. But it, they, there seems to be, and I'm generalizing. I'm generalizing. Generalizing. I'm generalizing. Um, but there seems to be a lack of uh, curiosity and imagination in a lot of uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Christian circles, and and not, and it's like I guess in their defense, it's like, well, why am I trying to answer unanswerable questions? Like, why even bother worrying about it? But which is fair. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's it's a great thing to. I mean, it's such a deep thing to think about, you know, because we can't we can't prove it. But then uh, saying that it doesn't exist, I mean, that's almost like it, it does seem like there would be more stuff out there. 
And, well, an um, infinite God would have infinite creation. I th- and it also just seems so arrogant to think that we're the only thing that God decided to make was Earth. It's just like, mm-hmm. right? Kind of makes right. us kind of makes us more, seem more important than we probably are. But I don't know. Yeah, and you know, I mean, if there's a heavenly realm, you know, and a lot of uh, you know, the Bible talks about Tartar. I think it's called Tartar, and it's like the the sauce. I guess where evil souls have been, you know are held in inside the belly of the earth, you know, and it's very hot there. Oh um, yeah. It, I always heard that thing when I was a kid is like, Oh, these Russian scientists drilled down and put a microphone in the earth and you hear the screams of people in a hell in the center of the earth. And I, was, right, a kid, I was like, right. ah! yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, and it, it, but the way it talks about it, it says, I guess, I think it does say belly of the earth or something like that, but it almost sounds like it's in another realm. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's just kind of referring to the belly of the earth. So I don't know, man. I mean, there's definitely heavens, and there are more, more than one heaven. I've heard that there's seven heavens. And so, yeah, I definitely think that there's more out there. What what exists out there, I, you know, I couldn't say, but I definitely think there's more out there. I know of at least and, a couple heavens, and one of them is Hooters at Happy Hour. You know what I'm saying, guys? Right. No, I'm just kidding. I've never even been – I think I've been to Hooters once. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't, it's like, I could talk about, this is the type of shit I could talk about all day, dude. We'll have to do another one of these if you're done. Sure, man. Anytime. This has been good. Dude. I think, yeah, man. I, you know, I think that, uh, we don't live that far away from each other. So that's right. Yeah. Think, uh, yeah, yeah. We yeah. talked a while back. So, uh, yeah. Next in a meetup, man, maybe we can uh, hang out. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. And then when you heard, when you said Lebanon was bombed, was getting bombed, I was like, shit, that's like down the road. Oh, like no. A couple hours away. A <laughs> couple hours away. Uh, Lebanon, Tennessee. Yeah. Um, shit, dude. Well, Odd odd Man odd man Out is the podcast. Uh, obviously, that'll be linked in the show notes. I hope everybody listening checks that out. And it's you're on uh, you're on the Rumble. You're on all the podcast apps. Uh, what do you got coming up? I guess you're still continuing your series you're on now, right? Yeah, and I just uh, put out a new show. Uh, on my rumble i just started this rumble channel i'm gonna start doing more videos i I don't like seeing myself so i'm not a big video guy but everybody wants it so i'm just gonna start doing them and i will put the show that's on rumble out it's uh episode 168 i'll put that in the podcast feed soon but um yeah i i'm gonna do another show on masonry and kabbalah it'll be next and we'll get into the aspects of scottish masonry and how uh, it has Jewish connections, and it'll kind of pull some things together. So I think that uh, hopefully people Jew, will Jew, 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 Jew. <laughs> yes, hopefully people will enjoy it. And you're putting uh, in the anybody work, listening. Man. I'm, I'm, uh, like I, I'm not trying to just blow smoke up your ass, but I have a lot of respect for not not only it's a solo show, but you're doing real research. You're doing real work. Unlike me, I just kind of talk shit. Well, man, I, I love shows that are you know that where people actually have fun. I, I just wanted to uh, compliment you. I listened to uh, the latest uh, douchebags episode and it was awesome. And man, I can't believe what a douchebag Neil Diamond is in, uh, was it uh, David Cross? David Cross oh is the worst dude. I, he was my pick. He was my pick for yeah. me. Uh, yeah, we will be worst. doing, I guess there's some production notes here uh, while we're talking about, yeah, the, uh, so we're, I don't know dates yet, but we're going to do Battle of the Dead Douchebags. That was Larry from that Larry Show's idea. Uh, oh, that's the, good. The day 
Crosby from Crosby Steals Nash died. He said, it's not too early. Fuck him. Fuck this guy. Battle of the douchebags. We're going to pick some dead douchebags. We're going to do Tattle of the Douchebags with Fletcher and a couple other people. That's going to be finding the biggest narcs and tattletales. Uh, oh, tattle awesome. of the douchebags. Yeah, that's a, that'll be fun, man. And then uh, and I for the regular one that's coming up, I know I have my picks. I'm picking Will Wheaton from the Star Trek and Nancy Grace. You familiar with either of those? Oh, yes. Very douchey. Dude, Will Wheaton, did you see what he said the other day? No. Or no. maybe it was today. Holy shit. I got to find this. We can close on this. This was just too good. This, I had to, I, I don't know why I hadn't picked him before. I thought I had pulled some clips back in the day, but I never actually got around to bring him as a douche. Here we go. This is a Will Wheaton post. He's, he's left Twitter before Elon even bought it because he was like mad that Twitter wasn't banning enough people. So he left. Um, are you familiar with Larry David? I don't even know who Will. Yes, yes. So did you see the he, Larry David Elmo thing? So I didn't see it, but uh, I mean, people are freaking out about it. So I'm <laughs> going to watch it. I'll play it. It's only a minute long. Fuck it. Here we go. Offer check of the weather. Oh, and not yet. Not wait, yet. wait, wait, not wait, yet. wait, 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 wait. So now Larry David has gone over to Elmo's and grabbed his face and he's pretending to shrinkle <laughs> Elmo. Ask permission, ask permission before you touch people, Larry. Oh. Let's, let's, let's get back on the couch and mm. let's talk about how you feel. They would have canceled the show, Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Larry, then. you've gone too far this time. <laughs> yes, Larry. Somebody <laughs> had to do it. Oh. Is anybody really surprised? He's gonna oh, no. he's gonna sue y'all for the teaser. I'm gonna sue him for us. <laughs> That's right, Louie. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So now this that was the moment. Everybody was laughing. Nobody was upset. Uh, now, but mm. now they brought him back. I guess this is the next day or something, or later that day, to apologize to Elmo. Oh no! Something you want to say to Elmo? And I would look at look at the camera and please and from your give heart, him, give him a camera from, shot from where? From yeah. your heart. Exactly. Oh, okay. Right. What? Go ahead. We're ready. What, what organ are you talking about? Yeah, just, from your heart. Okay. <clears throat> Go ahead. Say you're sorry, Elmo. Larry. I, I just want to apologize. <laughs> Larry. That's very Elmo, big of you. Elmo accepts your apology, Larry. Thank God. Okay. Okay. And Louie, will you drop the lawsuit? Elmo oh, accepts your apology. Oh, he, he, he accepts it. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, thank you. Elmo. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You are such a sweetheart. Thank yeah. you, Elmo. Yes. We're sorry. Elmo. Okay, now, all that to be said, Will Wheaton posted this, I guess, uh, a couple days ago. And this is just a teaser of what you're getting into when it comes to the douchebaggery of Will Wheaton. This is this is <sighs> astonishing to me. This is a post from Will Wheaton here. So I heard about Larry David assaulting Elmo on live television, but I didn't watch it until now because I knew it would upset me. But holy shit, it's even worse than I thought. What the fuck is wrong with that guy? Elmo is like the best friend to multiple generations of children. And played voice acted by a pedophile. I said that last. I added the last part. <laughs> In the Sesame Street universe, Elmo is a child who is currently putting mental health and caring for others in the spotlight. And Larry fucking David did that, and he thought it was going to be funny. What? What an asshole! What a stupid, self-centered, tone-deaf asshole. Full. It's not over. Full disclosure. All the time when I was growing up, my dad would grab me by the shoulders and shake me while he screamed in my face. 
he choked me more than once. He was always out of control, always in a furious rage, and always terrifying. I'm a 51-year-old man, and my heart is pounding right now, recalling how I felt when I was a little boy who loved Grover the way today's kids love Elm. <laughs> That's still not the end of the post. But you'll have to wow. listen to Battle Douchebags to hear more. It's fucking... Wow. Dude, that guy is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Dude, he's so, so bad. He would cry. He would, oh. he, sp- he, all he did, I used to follow him on Twitter, just like a hate follow, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like I hate watch Ethan Klein. He would spend almost all of his time on Twitter screaming, bitching, and crying that more people weren't kicked off of Twitter. <laughs> it would be like, hey, at Twitter support, why is this person allowed on here? Why is that person allowed on here? Like, Fucking blow it out oh, your ass. Anyway, just the worst. I, mean, I appreciate you, uh, Appreciate you listening to Battle Douchebags. It's a that's a fun show. To do. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, man. Um, fuck, dude. Anything else you got uh, that I sh- that people should know about that I should link? Odd Man Out podcast. I'll link the Rumble and the whatever else you got. All your Podbean and your. Oh uh, well, the link tree. If people want to check that out, I've got a bit shoot in there that's got a bunch of videos, quite a few videos. That I think people might. Some they might like some of them. I try to do a lot of stuff I do is not topical, so you can it's kind of historical a lot of times, right? It stays so, evergreen that way. I like it, yeah. yeah. So, you know, people can check out older editions of the podcast. Uh, and I, I asked people if they if they liked what we were talking about tonight to check out the series, it's called Those We Don't Speak Of. That's the one about Kabbalah and Zionism and all that. Uh, I've got a lot of compliments from that one, and uh, it's it's been my favorite to do. So, yeah, check it out. Fuck yeah, dude. Well, dude, that yeah, was a blast. Um, I love talking to you, and I hope to do it again soon. Absolutely, man. I look forward to it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Shatner, yes, dude. All right, shitmyass.com. 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 All episodes of Abs and Six Pack are now available at shitmyass.com. Tell your normie siblings. Tell your idiot parents. Tell your dumbass friends. Tell your moron neighbor. Tell your grandparents before they die. They can maybe spread it around to some of their senile old fuck friends. Tell your mom and dad about ShipMyAss.com. Tell your creepy uncle about ShipMyAss.com. Tell your Uber driver about ShipMyAss.com. Tell the guy that delivers your terrible pizza about ShipMyAss.com. Tell your deadbeat cousins about ShipMyAss.com. Tell every homeless guy you meet on the street. Call your congressman. Call your governor. Tell them about ShipMyAss.com. Call the Sandy Hook parents. Tell them about ShipMyAss.com. Get ShipMyAss.com yard signs. Put them all around your whole neighborhood, but rig them with explosives so that they blow up after 24 hours and no one knows they were there. Just start going through the phone book. Call random numbers. Tell them about ShipMyAss.com. Say, hey, there's new episodes up at ShipMyAss.com. Go to the mall. Look for the person that looks the most retarded. Tell them about ShipMyAss.com. Then go to another mall. Look for the most smartest guy with the most smarty pants, glasses, and good hair. Tell him about ShipMyAss.com. Tell him to spread the news. Start riding the bus all around your house all day and tell every person that gets on the bus about shitmyass.com. Start committing misdemeanors or possibly felonies so that you keep getting, you become a repeat offender in the prison system. Tell the prisoners, tell your cellmate about shitmyass.com. Tell the prison guards about shitmyass.com. Tell the cop. Tell them I sent you. They'll give you 10% off discount code for, uh, uh, start calling up customer service people. Tell them about shitmyass.com. 
10 bonus points for Indian guys. Go to the park, kidnap somebody's dog, then when they come to get it back from you, tell them about shipmyass.com. Say, hey, your dog would love this podcast. I'm doing you a favor. Pick up skateboarding as a hobby. Even if you're terrible and bust your knee or bust your head open, you can tell all the skating guys, hey, have you been to shipmyass.com yet? There's some good podcasts there. Or just lie to them. Tell them it's, it's gutter punk skate tween shit cringe music, whatever the fuck those idiots listen to. Tell them, hey, you can get the good skating music at shipmyass.com. Make sure you don't wear a helmet. Run for mayor. Run for mayor of your city or county. Then you can, when you get elected, you can tell everybody about shipmyass.com and mandate that it be on every billboard and every street sign and every fucking bench. And uh, get, you know, that's just how you help the podcast out. So I don't think it's asking too much. Oh, I like my cat. Oh, I like my cat. Oh, oh, oh. A chihuahua can mate with a with a with a with a, with a bull mastiff. Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and I just watched that podcast Abe and a Six Pack, and it was the worst. It was the worst shit I've ever watched. It just shows anybody can have a podcast, and uh, even by those standards of anyone having a podcast, uh, this one was shit. It's like, uh, it's stupid, it's boring, it's a waste of time. And, uh, you know, there are two-year-olds with podcasts that are more worthwhile listening to than that. It, it's just, uh, don't waste your time. Really, really avoid it like the plague. Remember that podcast I had you record? Well, I have good news and bad news. Which do you want to hear first? I, myself... I like the bad news first. Kind of softens the blow a little bit so that... Shut up. Jesus, you talk so much for someone who has nothing to say. Just give me the news and get the f*** out of here.